So nowadays we kind of ignore that and we make it this shameful thing and we don't celebrate it. But like, what if we did? And what if we honored ourselves in those phases? What if we didn't reject this time of the month that we're like, ugh, like annoying, you know? Like even in the PMS when we're irritable and we're raging, like there's value in that, yeah. you know? And it's kind of like shifting our perspective yeah. and not, just accept without resisting. Embrace and, it. And embracing it because it's part of like our magic. It's part of our power is to be able to access these different parts of ourselves. Intimate, inspiring, raw, real. Self-love stripped down and amped up. Welcome to Bed Talks, the podcast with your hosts, Sabrina and Meg. Bed Talks is fueled by our mission to use our voices and share no bullshit stories to heal, connect, and empower. We're here to highlight all facets of what it means to be a woman, letting go of ideals of perfectionism and embracing the struggles for the lessons they teach us. We get real and vulnerable with each other and our guests to inspire you to own your journey, embody your worth, and step into your power. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive deep. On today's episode, we talk about our periods. <laughs> so more specifically, we talk about the magic of cycles and the ability to create and carry life. We tend to force a linear way of living when everything in nature, including our bodies, is cyclical. So today we share about how empowering it can be to honor each phase by embracing the flow. We'll get into my experience so far um, to do with fertility, um, my observations and perspectives about the system, my surprise emotions during my ultrasound as I pursue the potential path to freeze my eggs. So if anyone is out there contemplating it, in it, about to get into it, did it, you know, this might really resonate with you. And how, you know, it's a reminder that we all have to curate our own paths within the medical system, do what's right for you, tap into your tu intuition and you know, remain connected to your body within any kind of medical procedure and intervention. So, yeah, and I really kind of share about PMS and depression. And Meg kind of called me out on this <laughs> about how I was sort of not trivializing my experience with depression, but it's kind of like skimming it a yeah. little bit. And I realized that I was doing that sort of as a defense mechanism. And I have like no shame really talking about that part of my life, but I find that I did create like a distance between myself and that version of myself. And, um, yeah, so I kind of just wanted to address that a little bit mm -hmm. and, um, and, and, it is important me, important for me to talk about it and to sort of destigmatize that and mental health issues and stuff, but also to sort of just acknowledge that it was a huge challenge in my life and it wasn't something that I can just brush aside and it's not something that anyone has to do alone. And it's, um, I think that this episode gives us a lot to come back to, for you sure. know, in terms of mental health, in terms of fertility, in terms of paving your own way and, you know, going through the cycles of life and being in it and then looking back on it. And, yeah. you know, this is so great about this podcast is that we say our, we tell our stories. And so often you and I listen to our episode and we're like, 
fuck, we danced around the issue yeah. a little bit. And yeah. so we're even trying to lean into our truths as much as possible. And, you know, it's fun to be able to make light of serious things. Like that's what is nice to be able For to sure. do. And it um, was funny because I was totally PMSing during this episode. Yeah. So I can hear myself yeah. being a bit disconnected and wishy-washy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not going deep and not mm-hmm. wanting to like trigger stuff inside mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. even though I'm saying like, it's good to allow those things to come up. So mm-hmm. I think these topics are really important to to talk about Mm -hmm. and um, I'm happy we did and it's like making me kind of like reflect and learn so much about myself and I hope that sharing this story is showing people that it isn't something to to feel shame around and that more people suffer from it and that it's possible to get out of it you know Um, there's definitely a way out and also the idea that these kinds of things aren't necessarily visible. And that's like a really important one. I think that we touched on in this episode as well, that people are going through things and they're going through different phases and different cycles of their lives. Mm -hmm. And you might not know. And so it's just a call to be compassionate to yourself and to people around you. You got it, girl. You pulling a period card? (laughs) How to manage my PMS. Which goddess do I need to call in? Um, I have a question for your goddesses later after you pull yours. Honestly, my PMS has gotten a lot better than it used to. Oh, Cordelia, go outside. You've been indoors too long. Go outside and get some fresh air. That's a good one. Getting some movement in when you're PMSing. Um, Mother nature. Mother nature being, yeah. Oh, But also aligning yourself with the cycles of mother mm-hmm. nature, you know, not forcing yourself to do things against your body. I think that's what, uh, mm. that's, that's the big thing. That's the big topic. You don't have to tell a tree where to grow mm. and where to reach and what to do. Yeah. So today, is that what we're talking about? The magic of women? <laughs> our bodies, our periods, our connection to nature? Well, you know what? I think that it's, a matter of kind of looking back and reflecting on how you've accepted, appreciated or resented or, you know, the the monthly cycles of being a woman. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think in our uh, in our society we really even understand that until later on in life how everything really is cyclical and especially our bodies and our moods and it's something that I was just having this conversation with my sister about even just being bloated or gaining weight or not feeling a hundred percent all the time and then trying to force ourselves to do 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 or be angry at ourselves for not looking the way that we want to look all the time even though we're doing all the same things you know um or just not allowing ourselves to indulge in our cravings or Mm. anything like that you know I think that we forget that it's we don't exist in a linear kind of way like we're not always moving forward we're always moving in a cycle like up and down I love that yeah yeah to take it away from that kind of linear thinking and you know, it is this kind of phase of, I don't know if you would call it maturity or growth of, like we're saying, accepting where you are and eating the cashews, eating the chocolates, crying it out. Mm -hmm. But what's so crazy still, I mean, we're both in our mid thirties, how you can feel like 
you've been hijacked. Like sometimes it feels like there's a crazy person who has hijacked <laughs> my brain, my body. Last week, I call it, maybe it'll be a monthly thing. I'm like, spiral Tuesdays, you know? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I was so, like, oh, is that a thing? Is yeah, that a hashtag we're, start, you we're starting it now. <laughs> spiral Tuesdays is when you're about to walk out the door and you realize mm. you have to go back inside, cry, journal, oh my God. light a candle. Did that, you have it on that a Tuesday? Literally happened. No, it was it was <laughs> Valentine's Day, I think. It was, I don't remember. It was a Friday mm-hmm. and I walked into a room and someone asked me how I was doing and then I almost started crying and I yep. was like, then I walked back out and I came back in and then I was like, we're starting over. <laughs> <laughs> Three years later. <laughs> yeah. Because like you just kind of are in that spiral of like just emotions and feeling and yeah, you just kind of want to let yourself go into that, and then, and then you're you're you've divided <sighs> yourself into yeah. this the present of like, but I'm supposed to do those things or feel that way, and then this psycho, I'll just call it right, because that's mm-hmm. kind of like when you're on your period, you're like, oh, I'm not myself, I'm bitchy, I'm catty, I'm I'm overly sensitive, and even the adjectives that we use during that time of the month always have a negative connotation and always have some kind of, even as if we can control it. Mm -hmm. So that's, there's this little divide. I remember in high school, Mm -hmm. I had a friend who got her period really early and she had some heavy PMS in terms of like, ah, steer clear. And I didn't really understand it. Right. And I was like, is she just using this as a crutch? Like, you know, cause with, within, (laughs) within the moods, you learn, you cope, you find the tools, but a lot of us don't have the tools naturally or maybe don't work on getting the tools, but man, you need the tools. There is, there's a lot to that. Um, she could have possibly had PMDD, which is what I have. Um, I, it's bit, it's a lot better now, but it's basically like extreme PMS. And I would like go into like spirals of like depression and darkness, irritability, but like, not just like, Oh, I'm like bitchy or Mm -hmm. I feel like irritable, but it was Mm -hmm. like, it was like really dark. Like I couldn't get out of my room and I was depressed, like really, 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 really bad. On a monthly. Um, Every month. Yeah. Every month. The Teenage. Week t- uh, it started like, older. yeah, it was always like that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really in my 20s, I think it was really, really bad. And it's almost like every month I would forget that I would have it. So every month it was a bit of a surprise in a weird way, because when I was in it, I never, I didn't think anything else was possible. It was like I was in that and I was like, what's there's no point. What like it, it didn't even. I couldn't even fathom not feeling that way. Like I didn't even know what that was like. And then when I was out of it, I didn't, I was like, Oh, what was I so worried about? You know? So it was so contrasty. Like it was such like a, Oh, like a pose type of like, yeah. like so, 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 so the intense, highs the, the highs and the lows. Yeah. And, um, and I didn't know that it was not normal also. Cause I was like, Oh, it's just my PMS, but it wasn't just PMS. It was really, um, it was, it was, it's something that's, it's pretty common. I think, I think a lot of women I have, have a it. couple other people who I think also struggled with, um, knowing what was up or, or you do question it or you do think, wow, I'm just must be getting it this way. Or you don't want to feel like you're complaining. And yeah. I know that the person that I'm thinking of, um, was even on some antidepressants. I mean, did oh, yeah. you, I, I, I was, I was prescribed. Well, okay. I was prescribed antidepressants for Anxiety and PMD, well, and PMDD, yeah. So and PMDD stands for oh god, premenstrual dysmorphic disorder. 
okay. I think. Um, and, uh, yeah. So the doctor was like, it'll help with your anxiety and it'll help with that. So, and of course, you when you go see a doctor, I mean, this is, this is my latest trend that I'm trying to preach to even, you know, older generations, my parents, like when you go see a doctor, don't expect lifestyle, you know, suggestions <laughs> unless you're going to see some pretty cool doctor who's yeah. seeing e- East meets West, but you know, doctors prescribe. Yeah. So if you're going to see a doctor, expect a prescription, expect a yeah. scan, expect something that they've been taught to do. And that's their train of thought. For but sure. when you go see a doctor, you're like, I feel this way. You tell me this. Okay. And especially in your twenties, especially, yeah. I mean, this is maybe 10 ish years ago. A yeah. lot has changed with accessibility, with what's trending, with meditation, with apps like the, It's huge now versus 10 years for ago sure. for sure and uh yeah it wasn't like hey go to the therapist like do you mm-hmm. have like what's going on in your life it was take very a walk much like, do exercise yeah and I mean I was always very active and like mm-hmm. relatively healthy um I mean I guess I always use alcohol in a way to help with my anxiety help with my anxiety and uh um I remember learning that alcohol was a depressant yeah and like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause it got us so high. Because right? you were just yeah. kind of, you thought that you were just hung over, yeah, you know, you yeah. didn't realize. And then especially you sprinkle on any life stuff or monthly, whatever. Yeah. And that is some dark shit. Yeah, yeah. It was super dark, super intense. And, um, yeah, the hangovers were crazy. But if I was drinking around my PMS, it was like, Oh God, it was so bad. Um, and so the doctor didn't really care about any of that stuff. <laughs> didn't send me to a therapist or anything like that. I just went uh, on the meds. Went on the meds. So, was, so at first it was incredible. I was like, oh my God, I do not have to live like that. Like especially yeah. the anxiety and depression part. Like in my teen years, I was always kind of like very dark and uh yeah, I guess depressed and um <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, depressed. I guess depressed. You know. <laughs> it's, I mean it's so far away from me now, but I and when I actually think about it, I'm like, holy shit. Like I'm uh I'm very much a completely different person and it like life like I was I was it was so bad. Like I knew that exercise is the only thing that would help me, but I would I would have, if I knew I had to exercise in the morning, I would have to put like my workout clothes and my socks on like before bed, because that was the only way that I would like get out of bed. If I knew I had to mm. get dressed, I'd be like, fuck it. Like I can't, like I didn't have the energy or willpower to like actually get myself out of bed and like put clothes on. Like everything was like, <gasps> like, uh, like dread, like I couldn't move, you know, like I couldn't function. So yeah, I guess I was depressed. Um, and, uh, so the, you had the meds and so then the you meds really like helped because it was really bad when I was PMSing, like on top of the regular anxiety and depression, it was like really bad. And then I, it was like a whole lifestyle change. I was like, holy shit, like I can live, I can breathe. I'm not like, and then the PMS was better. So it was like a notch up, you know, it was not perfect, but it was better than like how I had been living. Um, so, but uh, so at first it was good, but then after I kept drinking on the pills and you're not supposed to, so it just spiraled like it was really bad to combine those two things. And I wasn't being monitored and, uh, no one really knew that I was on these, you know, like even in my family, like they kind of knew, but like we didn't talk about it. And were there any other, you know, did you have any other symptoms? Like when you started it, did you feel just better or were there other things that I came along with super it. super disconnected were, from myself, super mm. disconnected from my body. I was like not depressed anymore, but I was also just like in a, just, I didn't feel anything really. So it was like, I was, I had no inhibitions anymore. So 
uh, I would drink and like not and just like say shit, you know, like I had no filter anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of a, a like dark time as well, too, with the alcohol. Like I didn't mention it last time. I always forget this part of, of my story. Um, There's many chapters. Yeah, many chapters. Yeah. And uh, so then how long or how did you did you get off? Of so, it yeah, so why? I felt super disconnected. I felt, you know, like something was off, obviously, like it was helping. It was like it felt like a bandaid solution. And then um eventually I just decided on my own to get off them, which you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to be like, uh, you know, supported in that by a medical professional. But I just went on the internet and, uh, read up about how to do that. And then I literally would like open the pills and like count how many little like capsule things to take out. And I would take a few out every day. So I like wean myself off of them and I would get these crazy brain zaps, like triggers in my brain, like insane mood swings. Um, it was it, now that fr- I look back, I'm like, that was crazy. Like that was probably not like the best thing to do, but I tend to just do things. Um, so I got off of them and like within like fairly quickly, like after three months I was like off and I was, and I was feeling like better. Um, and it's funny because it's, it really, it was hard. There's an adjustment period, but in terms of like connection to my body, like I actually started having emotions again that were like highs and lows, but through like exercise was like my number one and like eating better, like eating, I always ate well, but like really paying attention. I think like even after that, I started doing more research on like hormones and like the female body and understanding that even like non-organic food, like things like, I started eating more organic and using natural products. And then that like shifted everything in terms of my PMS. How you felt for your PMS when you started eating organic. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't eat totally organic. Like but maybe it's or a, more, yeah. a more organic and like the products, I think it's like the skincare products, like our body absorbs everything. Right. So like natural deodorant, hair, makeup, even makeup. I'm still like weaning myself off, you know, cause I still have so much shit, but, um, that was huge. But, and that's it. And I'm, and I'm, I'm proud of you that you didn't need to, it didn't feel like you had to do all or nothing, you know, because yeah. sometimes yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. it's, it feels sometimes when things are so overwhelming, you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. So thinking about going organic and your skincare and what you're eating, putting in your body, putting on top of your body, putting around your body is like, well, I don't know where to get started. So I'm just not going to get started. Yeah. Whereas maybe you start with your vegetables. Maybe you start with your meat and your oh, yeah. animal byproducts. And then once you've got that figured out, I'm going to do skincare. Well, within skincare, I'm going to just start with lotion and then I'll go to makeup and sunscreen. And, you know, that's a really, really good point because I didn't do all this stuff at the same time. Like it was really like exercise was my number one thing, like consistently like running, doing meditation, like all those things. Like I would add them in and it was like a layering process. So like everything was helping a little bit. But when it came to the food and the products, I actually from this book called The Woman Code by mm. Alison Vitti, I think her name is. And uh, I never finished it, but there's a list in there, a grocery list of like the vegetables and fruits and stuff that are really important to have organic. So it's not everything necessarily. There's some that are more like no, toxic than others. Yeah. Same thing with products. Like there's a list of ingredients that you should avoid in certain products. So even if they're all not fully natural, at least there's not those, uh, um, what are they called? Disruptor, the um, uh, endocrine disruptors. So it's a list of those things that like basically fuck with your hormones. Yeah. 
And nowadays there's a lot of really cool apps because it's a lot to keep track of or, you know, I'll find our method. You put in your phone, you take screenshots, whatever, but there's, we'll, we'll look it up and we'll post about it for some apps because that's so helpful to to look at your little Estee Lauder thing or whatever the heck you have. I mean, for me, because we don't know. No. And I've just recently got into some nice, like the last, I guess, two summers ago, I was introduced to some Ayurveda, um, like oils for my body. So now I'm using that instead of any body lotion. Are you a Katha? Okay. I so <laughs> I, I, I think I play around. Well, I got, I got a few of them yeah. and I kind of play around with depending on the time of day. Yeah. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. But I haven't done the whole, you know, whole big clear. old tongue test. Uh, oh, it's a test. I just do a quiz oh, yeah. online. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, well, if you want to go deep into right. exactly your type, you got to, Oh, that's cool. You got to get the thing, girl. Oh I didn't my know God. that. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So it's really, I think it's really interesting that we're completely not knowledgeable in a sense about our cycles and about all these things that get in the way and that can like mess us up. You know, like we both kind of went through life. Like you're like, oh, are you, is this person using it as an excuse to say they have PMS? Mm-hmm. But there's so much stuff that actually makes it worse for us and we don't even understand our cycles like another oh God, thing no like i don't even don't know understand. you're like estrogen progesterone follicle right? egg like what are these you know like you don't even well, i mean maybe i'm i'm I, I don't know but i feel okay i'm 36 if i don't know everything about it there's clearly a lot of other people yeah. who don't know everything about it until you're kind of pushed to look into it if you're feeling really low yeah. or if you are looking into getting your eggs frozen or whatever yeah. then you're like oh wow i didn't i don't know about my own body and at first you feel you resent it or it's weak and then you really get to this kind of seeing the light at a certain age where every time you get your period you're like oh i'm a you know, oh, I don't I even so want to say that now. it's a woman because on that side, there are so many people who either get it really late or have been irregular their whole lives or irregular during certain phases of life. And I think that that I am sure that that comes with a lot of shame because we do say, you know, I was about to say felt like a woman and I'm like, wait a second. What, what defines me as a woman, not getting my period, Mm. you know, but that's how it's very mainstream to think, okay, you're a woman, you get your period. So I imagine, and it's so common to not, I can think of a few people off the top of my head who I'm close with, who have either, you know, had it, not had it. And, you know, it depends on their level of physical activity. It depends on their stress, their hormones. Um, but you know, and then you probably spiral and you're, then you're freaked out or then you're like, ah, and your nervous system is on some kind of hyperdrive. Um, and I just want to like open it up to say all these things that you probably are at home thinking, Oh shit, they're common. Yeah. And there's so many people out there. Well, one of the big things to, to go back to what you said at the beginning about, um, you know, thinking like, oh, we're so bitchy or emotional or like hating that time period versus like now kind of being like, oh, okay, like I'm not actually dreading it it is Mm -hmm. sort of understanding the phases. Like I've recently really started to kind of look into the different phases of our cycles and sort of aligning myself with what my body's going through and not pushing beyond that. Like we have 
our bodies are like aligned with the seasons in a sense. So, and they're aligned with the moon and, and everything is cyclical in nature. Like we are nature. That's something that we, we forget because we're like, oh, we're going to live in this like, you know, three dimensional world where we're, all we're doing is thinking about like our goals and accomplishments and stuff. But the truth is like we're nature. We function according to cycles and um, our body goes through these these phases. And like when you're when you're in your menstrual phase, it's you're actually it's the time for you to turn in. It's the time for you to take a rest. You have heightened psychic abilities. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you've paid attention, but I invite you to pay attention to your dreams when you're, uh, during the phase of your period, because it's kind of like the, the veil is like thinned, right? You have like access to this, like more subconscious side of yourself. So you're, if you're paying attention and kind of journaling during each cycle, you'll notice that there's there's a lot of like gifts in every phase. And I've started to sort of like not get mad at myself during that period when I have my period um, and just sort of like be like, OK, what messages are coming through? Like, what do I need to reflect on? And the week before when we're being bitchy and stuff like I'm kind of seeing it as like maybe these are things that I've been avoiding and I'm like actually kind of people pleasing the mo- the rest of the time and when I'm PMSing it's like no this is not okay mm-hmm. I don't have time for this it's like a sacred rage in a sense mm-hmm. you know if you're able to channel it and sort of use it to have discussions um it's like that shit needs to come up mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's all real stuff and I yeah. mean I love I, I want to keep talking about this but one thing I just earlier it's like what is this word menstruation and menopause come from? Cause I'm like, oh, it has the word men, you know, I'm like, of course, of <laughs> course it has the word men. That. And, That's um, so and I looked it up and I might picture this word etymologically, etymologically, you know, where words come from. Guess what? It's related to, to the moon. Yeah, for sure. So moon and month from, you know, Greek and Latin and then into English. Hello, this is it. It's in the source of the word is moon and month. Um, so I, I just thought that like, oh, you know, it's just, it makes you feel connected to exactly like what you're saying, the cycles and to work with them. It's like a kid with a temper tantrum, you know, it's like a zipper that's stuck. Like, are you going to work against it? Are you going to work with it? Um, and you know, you can think of that with a friend, a family member, a colleague. Okay. Well, how do I work with them? But often we don't really try to work with ourselves Mm -hmm. in this funny way. And you can really think that life is over, right? You can Mm -hmm. really think that life is over on a monthly basis and just like, I don't know what I'm doing and this and that. And just like really the, like the sky is falling and we're like resisting, we're resisting like our nature. We're resisting like what our body wants. Our body wants to rest in that phase, you know, and, 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 uh, in the past, they used to do that. They had red tents and like the women would gather and like sit together and just people would ask them questions because they were psychic in that time period and they were venerated and they, it was understood that women had magic powers, you know, mm-hmm. and when they were bleeding that they could access the other realms a lot more easily. So nowadays we kind of ignore that and we make it this shameful thing and we don't celebrate it. But like, what if we did? And what if we honored ourselves in those phases? What if we didn't reject this time of the month that we're like, uh, like annoying, you know, like even in the PMS when we're irritable and we're raging, like 
there's value in that, yeah. you know, and it's kind of like shifting our perspective yeah. and not, just accept without resisting embrace and, it. and embracing it because it's part of like our magic. It's part of our power is to be able to access these different parts of ourselves and each phase has a gift, you know, and it's like the week after your period, like you're so expressive, like you're so you have so much energy. It's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of like each season, like your period is winter. So you have, so you turn in, this is a really good way to think about it. Actually, your period is winter, you turn in, you reflect, you take care of yourself, you nurture yourself. Then the week after is, um, spring. So like you have energy, you could start new projects. You're really like out there. And then after that it's summer. So that's more of like sun energy, right? So you're more emotional, you're social. So you can like be more romantic even. And then I think that's, that's also the ovulation. And then the last phase is Oh. I never even know how to pronounce it. Luteal? Luteal? <laughs> it's the like final phase, which is like fall, which is where I think you're more creative and then like also like more triggered by people. And then you're more like kind of expressive at the same time. You know, you kind of express your emotions and share. So when I discovered that, it made so much sense. I was like, we are nature. Our bodies are like the seasons. It's so empowering to think of it that it's way. It's empowering and it makes you get out of your bubble and kind of expand your mind and your heart and your soul to the oneness of the universe, Yes, you know? <laughs> um, so thank you for sharing that because I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But we don't know. Like, mm -hmm. does anyone tell us this? No. Like, I only found this out like recently, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it mm -hmm. kind of started making sense. I was like, oh, we are nature. Mm -hmm. Like we are nature, we birth life. And and let me tell you, once you're once you hit a certain age, and once your period potentially gets a little irregular, you start to look back and you're like, hmm, interesting. I mean, so right now, that's kind of the stage that I'm at, right? And I get. I, my period's been a little bit irregular for the last, you know, maybe year or so one's on and then one's kind of almost every second. Yeah. Okay. Who gave it to who? Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> Where are our missing periods? Yeah. I picture like that little sign on the tree missing every second period. Oh um, so, you know, that made me think, okay, I talked to my doctor during a checkup. I'm like, oh, you know, every second one. And she's like, well, you know, how old are you? And you're like, ah, already feel like yeah. old, yeah. you know? And I'm like, uh, 36. She's like, well, okay. You know, kind of like, yep. And you're like, what? Well, what, what have I mean? been doing with my whole life? Like, should I, where are all my babies that I should have been having all these years? You know, I was out there living and working <laughs> on myself and doing the job and taking care of other people. I should have been getting babies. And ah. so anyway, so then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to inform myself and kind of explore my options, you know? And so I went to the, the clinic, which by the way is called an infertility clinic. Oh, you know, already wow. I like, I'll keep talking or else it's going to be a long, awkward pause. But wait, but, but that why already they call is, it a fertility clinic. That already is triggering because the people who apparently, you know, when you, you go to see them, you don't go to see them if you're perfectly fertile and you have Mr. Right, which is what they call that person, by the way, they Shut call up. them Mr. Right. You're lying to nope. your face. Yep. Like they say that to you. They're yep. like, oh, do you have Mr. Oh, Wright? in the presentation. Oh, damn. So, so you go, <laughs> it's already called an infertility clinic, which already is 
triggering. triggering. And so here I am, I'm 36. I'm going in there to inform and educate myself. Meanwhile, the people in the waiting room and people going, they've got, everyone's got a story that maybe some people have been trying for 10 years. Maybe some people who the heck knows what, um, there's so much to explore there. But anyway, just to say it's called an infertility clinic. And, you know, I went in and I got my hormones tested. They, they, they set up this appointment after you get your hormones tested and you get an ultrasound and I'm going in as kind of, again, insurance, you know, just to say, okay, like inform myself, I don't have that desperation and that panic, but it's there because it's just the place that I'm at and it's called an infertility clinic and, and they're talking about Mr. Right and they're showing you PowerPoint <laughs> Are presentations. Are they trying to make people like freak out? I know. Like it's, that's insane. So I went and when I got my, oh my ultrasound, God. you know, I actually, I, I got a little emotional and I was lying on the bed and, you know, you see the screen and they're taking the snapshots of the, you know... <sighs> measurements measurements of what wait what (laughs) of my you know uterus and eggs and follicles and things but she's doing her little computer clicking thing and and I looked at it and honestly a tear came down a little silent quiet tear came down because I actually saw that part of my body it felt like a vacant home And it felt like I was looking at this beautiful miracle that we are given and granted and that I wasn't, you know, using it Mm. for how it's designed to be used. You use your heart and your lungs and your liver and your muscles and your, you know, but you don't think about like the, the use, right? It's not just there, that that whole system is not in place just to give you your period. Like we know it's there for a reason that looked like I was looking at a vacant home. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, and it really put me in touch with that kind of motherly instinct of the, the gift to be able to, to give birth and to Mm -hmm. hold a life inside of me. So it was a very, very sacred moment, honestly, that I was just like, I didn't expect that I would feel so connected to that and just, you know, sensitive and nurturing and, you know, I'm, I'm holding my heart right now. (laughs) They can't see me. Um, (laughs) and then, you know, she says, um, if you might have to see a doctor after or maybe not. I'm like, okay. And then she takes her measurements and then she tells me, okay, wait for the doctor. And then already, then I'm like, ah, triggered again, you know? Oh no, what are they going to tell me? What's happening with my follicles? Meanwhile, I don't need, before this, I didn't even really know what follicles were, right? We talk about eggs, we talk about lining, but we don't really think about follicles. Um, So then he tells me, okay, great. Your numbers are great. And I'm like, wow, proud of my follicle numbers, you know, (laughs) go team. Um, And then the next step after you get your hormones and your scan is that you go back to the infertility clinic and you have a psychologist appointment, which is part of their, part of their mandate. Like this is what you, what you do. Yeah. And so I went to see her and, um, Oof. Long story short, it was almost an out-of-body experience because, again, I was there as Meg, as my insurance policy, not, you know, technical insurance policy, but I'm doing this to just 
see my future options right. and kind of see what, you know, just, just inform myself. So I'm there. That's my mindset. Meanwhile, I know that so many people, desperate stories. So I go into this psychologist appointment. She's wearing her lab coat. She's very fancy, very formal. And she says, okay, so, you know, why do you, why do you want to do this? I'm like, oh, you know, give her the story. Give her the story. 36, single right now. You know, I always thought that I would have kids at some point, but I'm really focused on other things and blah, 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 blah. And even if I, you know, had somebody right now, I, it's not really where I'm at, blah, 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 blah. And then almost as if I answered the question correctly, I kid you not, she swivels her chair to her computer and opens up a PowerPoint presentation to a slide with a pie chart. I could not make this up. And and that's why I keep calling it insurance policy because that's what she called it. Oh yeah, so it's this certain percentage of women do it for insurance, this certain because they haven't found Mr. Right, this da-da-da-da-da because of the whatever. And I'm just looking at it, again, kind of out of body, like... What the, the Mr. Right thing is wrong is, on so many levels. What the, what the, and, and so chart. then, and then, yeah, okay. It's like five, 10 minutes. I'm like, okay. And now I went to the info session. Um, you know, and people are at different stages. So I'm still at the very beginning where some people are about to do the IVF and about to do the thing. So again, very aware that it's a very mixed group of people in that one big room with the info session mm-hmm. mixed, you know, I, I forgot. I'm like, Oh yeah, there's going to be men here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally didn't think of that. Went into the room, a lot of couples, you know, oh, clear, wow. uh, very, um, you know, visible differences in terms of backgrounds, in terms of, you can tell economics, you could just like big mixed group of people, which is great, right? You want people to have access. And I think that, it is really nice that you can go through this and like we are, we are blessed right where we live right here. So just have to realize that. Um, and she just goes through all the facts about it. Right. And this month you do this and then that, and this is how much this costs and cost, cost, cost. And it felt very businessy to me and very cost oriented, but, but that's real. Right. Mm-hmm. And I guess, sure. But again, not, not sensitive. Like this is almost like this is a real friggin' big deal. And it just felt like I was going to buy a fucking car. Yeah. Like I got the used salesperson and then go <laughs> there. And I'm just like, I'm sitting there. I'm like looking around and then that's it. And so the next step would be to do it. Because my numbers are good. I got my hormones. So next step is for me to go and get the drugs. I, you know what the doctor said? I was like, okay, should I, uh, you know, how am I going to feel? Because it's injections. Yeah. How am I going to feel? Oh, you'll hardly feel anything. Like, hmm, that's funny. Because I'm pretty sure injecting something every day on a daily to boost your hormones, you know, I have a feeling that you know this crazy? is uh... a lot of this stuff. Like if you're disconnected from your body and yourself, like, yeah, you probably won't feel anything. Like that's the thing that I've noticed, like with certain, I don't know how to say it. Um, like if you're in touch with your body and you're sensitive, like you're going to feel it. Like well, you're for sure going to feel that. Well, it, the topic itself. I mean, so then even in the, um, and, and I've talked to other people and they're like, no, you feel that. And, and, you know, I had a colleague who said, Meg, just 
when you, if you do decide to go through with this, just tell at least just one person at work, you know, so we all know what's up so that you're not just spiking or acting erratically or highs or lows that someone is just like we're saying, even when you're on your, on that time with a month that people are just aware, you For know, sure. and we, we need to be more sensitive and have these open conversations. And that's another thing. Like we live in this world where it's really about like, it's like, we don't talk about this stuff. Like that's personal things. Well, but just, it's, like, it's like, well, get real. Yeah. And why would this doctor think that if he told me that this would either hurt, that the injections would hurt every day or that I would have highs and lows that I would think, Oh, you know what? I'm not going to do it. It's like, that's a life. Like, uh, this is a pretty big deal. Big it's kind thing. of like, I'm gonna go through all those motions. So why are they avoiding it? And then why in, are you hiding in, it? in the meeting, in the big, you know, info session, same thing. Oh, it's not going to hurt a lot. Like the, the, uh, the removal, the eggs and like the implants. Meanwhile, anyone you talk to is like, that shit's real. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just don't know why they're afraid to tell you that it's going to hurt. I don't know why. Imagine someone said, you know, you're pregnant. And, oh, it's, you know, some people feel it. Some people don't. I asked him, I said, should I go online and look this up? He said, no, because there's so much. And I, that, okay, I get, because there's a lot of stuff online and it will make you paranoid or freak out. And often it is like you even know for restaurants, it's like the bad reviews, yeah. the really bad reviews are the really good reviews. And you know, the mo most people are not going on to be like, I had a nice meal and the server was great. You know, it's like, oh, I hated it and whatever. Um, for sure. So it was just, it felt very businessy. And that is like the medical profession and clinics their business. I mean, yeah, in the States, you know, you can pay for an ambulance. Like it, it's, it's a business. So you have to do some serious kind of soul searching and centering and a lot of self work to really end support circle with your either, even just one person, even just one friend yeah. or one colleague or one family member um, or just find, reach out to somebody who's either been there, who will support you, not someone who's been there and is going to give you, you know, terrible, scary stories, but maybe if that's real, you know, like, let's well, that's just the get, thing. I think like, that's the big, that's the big lesson here. I think for both our experiences with the medical system in terms of like being women and like having people tell us things or, or give us advice based on this very linear masculine way of like seeing the world and not really taking into account that um, our bodies don't function that way. Like we are cyclical beings and like, at the end of the day, it's really us tapping into our intuition, which is being connected to our bodies and our cycle um, and being able to do the research and just feel into our bodies, engage like what's right for us and like understand what's going on. But oh, so then, you know, it's the big the M word is a big bomb, right? That's it. Menopause. Oh, yeah. It doesn't mean anything if you're in your 20s, even in your early 30s. But let me tell you, girl, <laughs> once you hit 36 and your every second period is still yet to be found, that M word is a ticking time bomb, right? And then you start to, all of a sudden, 
you know, you're like, oh my God, well, I was given this vacant home and now I haven't used it how it should and time's running out, time's running out. And I oh, looked up, man. you know, perimenopause, which is the transitional stage before menopause. Mm. So the pre-menopause, just kind of like pre-menstrual, PMS. Um, and I Googled it and the first, you know, thing that came up with the little picture. Do you know what the picture was? <laughs> it was a fan. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. It was a fan. I was like, oh, excuse me. <sighs> you know, it's not, I don't know what the heck else it could be, but I'm like, wow. And of course, you know, you look online and it's, you're not going to find like the emotional support. And we understand that it's sensitive. And this is how it's kind of like, you're drying up here's a fan and you got 12 months to have the babies and find Mr. Right. It's go time, you know, like, whoa. Okay. So well, there's something like really messed up about that yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Like even, ah, uh, there's like so much to unpack here, you know, about the pressure about on ourselves, about feeling like we need to have kids or that like we have a timeline, like all this stuff, like, of course. And then when you go to sort of have this insurance policy, like they like to call it, like the stress that's added on, like, ah. Oh, oh, oh. So then I hovered over the fan with my mouse and you know how, when you hover over something, it like, you know, a little, I don't know, computer terms, but a little words come up. Yeah. Girl, I can hardly say it because I'm dying. The Rocky Road to Menopause. Wow. (laughs) Who wrote this? (laughs) Rocky Road to Menopause. When you hover over the picture of the fan for perimenopause. Like if that doesn't make your ovaries shrivel up and die, I don't know what will. Yeah. So take a minute because I needed a minute earlier. I don't even. I know. So, you know, again, we're all different and there's always such a range, right? There's a range of when you get your first period. I mean, for girls, it's like, what is it? Like eight to 15, eight to 13 is when puberty kind of hits. Yeah. I was eight to 13. <laughs> Imagine being eight when puberty yeah. hits. But I mean, even, you know, before we get our periods, like oh, when yeah, yeah, yeah. the little breasts start to come in and when the, you know, the voice cracks for guys and the hair. And, you know, I remember that Simpsons episode where it's like Fuzzy Bunny has hair. We didn't have <laughs> hair before, fur before, you know, um, and all these kind of very visible changes. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing that's 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 hard. So what's harder? The visible changes are the ones that you can't see and someone's just keeping inside of them, right? And the other day, this is kind of a side tangent, I was walking and I saw someone who clearly was probably, I I, I, no, I don't want to diagnose, but they were, they were not perfectly well and right. that was visible. Yeah. And my heart just broke because of, as we know, there's huge stigma around mental il- illness and, you know, it's just something that we can, we can come back to. I would love to come back to on another episode, yeah. um, is talking about 
gosh, the stigmas, the shame, just even the topics of being able to see something or not see something. So you can see someone who might have schizophrenic tendencies or outbursts or this or Mm -hmm. that or jittery and they've got kind of musculoskeletal things and happening and you're like, whoa, you know, your instant reaction might, you know, in society, if you're walking by someone, unless you've done the work and you're very compassionate and you're just like, you're, you don't, you don't, you get startled. Instead, you go to, Oh, my heart, you know, this is a person let's, let's just like own that space for them. Even if you're just walking by them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have people, I don't even know what the number would be in a room. If you take 10 people in a room, how many people are going through things that you can't see? Mm -hmm. And so then I was thinking to myself on the outside, those people are just trying to maintain this happy face but on the inside, kind of like you, you're just like, woo. And, and for, for women, you know, on the, on the outside, <laughs> keep the happy face, yeah. go, go, go. Well, that's it, you know? And like through every cycle of our body, we're expected to like always be the same when it's not real. Like and so, yeah. And I was way. just kind of thinking of this whole cycle today, you know? Okay. So puberty hits and it's visible stuff. Right. Yeah. And that was hard yeah. in grade six, you know, things start to grow and come in and voices like, Oh my gosh, I don't know how kids do it. Like kids are not talk about, you know, us not being offered the most super emotional support in clinics during this time for fertility, but back then, oh my God. so embarrassing yeah. and so shameful. Or you, oh my God, you don't want to get out, your period. I and now out. I'm like, I want my period. Yeah. You just reminded <laughs> me how I found out about periods. I didn't even know about them. I had a stomachache and I went to like the school nurse and she like shamed me for not knowing what a period was. And I was like eight, I guess. And she was like, oh, could it be your period? I'm like, my what? Oh my like I had gosh. never heard about it. And she was like, oh, your mom didn't tell you about your period. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Right. Maybe that is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really awkward. I like remember that feeling. Yeah, icky. But I just felt really embarrassed. Like I didn't know, you know. And then and then you always put up a front, like you know things after that because you feel stupid for not knowing. And um, but I think that's a really good metaphor for like our whole lives in terms of women. (laughs) Like we don't know things about our bodies. It's crazy. And then we're shamed for it. You Mm -hmm. know, we're shamed for all the stuff that we don't know, and then we hide it and we don't talk about it and we don't have support. You know, I think that's a big one too. And, you know, even when I went to the doctor and I was, I was put on these, on this medication and stuff, it's like, what did I really need? Like I needed mm-hmm. support. Mm-hmm. Like I needed to talk about it. Like mm-hmm. I needed to mm-hmm. like and connect as to myself. You, and again, as you get wiser, you understand how you have to kind of curate your own support system. For sure. And some of it might be from your doctors, from your, you know, like we're saying, nutrition, your activities, what you're reading, who you're around. And, um, and I mean, it's even like this weird mind fuck, for lack of a better term, <laughs> of ha- having the amount of eggs that we're going to have for our whole life, like at birth. Yeah. Like, I don't quite like that's like something that's like, I don't know if I really understand. I've heard that before. <laughs> and like, you know what it made me think of? Okay. So I've heard that you have all the eggs like while you're in your mom's womb, right? you have everything that you need to have babies. Do you realize that that means that like you're, you existed in your grandmother's womb? Oh God. (laughs) 
And we absorb energy. We absorb moods and oh energy and we ex- absorb oh experiences while we're in our mother's womb, right? Anything well, that happens is- outside of it. So we actually are absorbing shit from our grandmother, even from all the way back then. Well, you know this, you know this, you know this. And we think of it when there's, you know, generations of trauma exactly. or when someone, Holocaust survivors, mm. like this is for real. Yeah. Like you do have to go back, not to like, what did I eat for lunch? You have to go back, like heal generational <laughs> trauma, like crazy. What I did know. my great, 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 great grandfather have for lunch? Was he okay? <sighs> Was he stressed out? But it's for, it's, it's. Yeah, it's crazy. Life is crazy. Oh my gosh. I know that blew my mind when I understood I that we were in our grandmother's womb, essentially. <sighs> well, I'm just going to like, I know. Yeah. Think about that for another minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like for the next 20 here? minutes, it'll be dead air <laughs> while we just contemplate life. Join us. Ah, ah. I, I'm curious. I just wanted to go back to the whole egg situation. Like, did that like put a damper on your plans? Like, did mm. you decide what you kind of want to do? So it's, it's, it's definitely been a journey that I really am so happy to just talk about, you know, I, and, and right now where I'm at is I've gotten my tests, I've gotten my scans, I've gone to the info session, I've seen the pie charts and, um, and the next step would be to really go in, get the hormones and do it. Um, in my mind, I do, I, I, I think that I do want to go through with it just to kind of have that honestly, as they call it insurance. And it didn't really put, so it, it didn't put a damper on it because of my intention. Again, if I was really stress sensitive, I might be freaking out, but I might also be really thankful that I'm able to go to this clinic. So for me, I'm just like, I want to talk about it because it's almost like, is this shit for real? Pie charts and just lab coats and, you know, it feels very medical. And I've expressed it before. Every time that I've had a medical procedure to do with that part of my body, the cervical region, or now with my uterus and my eggs and my follicles, it really, you really have to do the work to not make your body feel like this medical experiment or that there's something wrong with me because you're not on track or you don't have that perfect thing or the cookie cutter, whatever that makes a woman, a woman who the heck knows, but it makes you feel very medical. And then I have to really refocus to make my, to connect back into myself. And in the past, Gosh, I mean, there was lingering trauma for years after certain things of feeling really disconnected from my body. So for here, you know, if I go through with this and people are taking my eggs, you know, yeah, and putting them in this cryogenic, whatever you call freezer, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I'm sure that it will be, I'll have to do the work to really feel feel, I don't know what, connected to something that doesn't just feel very lab cody. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, it's crazy because on one hand, it's like really cool that we have access yes, to that and that exactly. that's a possibility, you know, and it's, it's something that I haven't really thought about that much because I, I'm 33 and, and I, you really I don't, don't actually want kids, and and but you, that's the thing. It's like, mm-hmm. I feel, I see a lot of women out there and that's something I think that's also important to talk about is that like, 
I think it's amazing that women have the capacity to have children. Like it's so magical to birth a life. Like, wow, I like honor mothers and that option in life. But I also don't think that every woman is necessarily built for that or meant for that or wants that. And, um, there's a, there's a whole other side to that, like feeling like that pressure, like, Oh, aren't you going to freeze your eggs? What if you change your mind? All this stuff. And like, for me, I'm like, well, if it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. I'm very kind of like, I, I will give a kind of surrender to the universe in that way. But I think in terms of what I want, like, I don't, see myself going down that road because for me, like I feel like I have a million projects that I want to devote my energy in that type of and your life, your mission, your calling. Exactly. And that's why for me, even I'm like, it doesn't matter if I had Mr. Right and every other Mm -hmm. box was checked. This is not my priority right now. Like, honestly, I think that in a few years, that's when I, when I would. So you know, then you get all, okay, well, your follicles are healthier now than they'll be in a few years. But really, you don't even have to start to think about it until really this magical age of kind of 36. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like some, anyone younger should be out there thinking, oh, well, I'll freeze my eggs. It's like, no, you can chill. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and even my irregular period, it's not even a perfect reflection of perimenopause or this or that because the follicles are good and who, they, 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 they can't tell you, right? They can't look up a chart and say, okay, you have exactly one year, 18 months or mm-hmm. five years. Um, but, um, but yeah, for me, I think I, I, I kind of told myself that I might before my 37th birthday, which is in September, mm. I kind of liked the idea of doing it in springtime because it's life. And, um, so we'll, we'll see, but I do just want to give an honest shout out to anyone who ha- is either thinking about it, is in it, has done it. Um, and for whatever reason that brought them to that part of their journey, because it's a very complex story for everybody and everyone will have their own story within this cookie cutter medical approach to it. Right. And so I don't want anyone to feel like because they don't fit in a box that something is wrong with them. Yeah. You you draw, you draw your own box, you make your own box and you don't even need a fucking box in this life. Get out of the fucking box. Like I picture someone in a little box and going pow and breaking (laughs) out of the box. So, but I really just do want to give that shout out because I do know that it's, it's, it's a big one. It's a big one. And then people who really want it and maybe go through with it and then can't like it's it's you know, we'll 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 come back to this topic because there's a lot there. And also, I'm so glad that you brought up the idea of, you know, where you're coming from, which is, hey, feeling strong and even owning those words like I don't want to have kids. Yeah. And does that well, make me less of a because uh, especially where we live here. Right. So we're in North America, mainstream, you know, beliefs and 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 it. It is not not the typical norm. No, for sure. And it's like meanwhile, bringing in a friggin' life like that's not questioned. I know, and that's the thing. It's like there's a lot of people, honestly, that have kids that maybe like didn't 
really understand what that meant to do. And like, if you're not committed to having a child and that's not something that you feel like you want to do and commit to and put your energy into, like, it's a huge thing. Like you can't just do that and like, think it's going to be easy. Like if you're not a hundred percent committed to that, like, why are you doing it? Like for me, if I'm like, eh, I don't know, like, I kind of just want to see what it would look like. Like, that's really not a good enough reason to have a kid. And like, for me, like, it, I don't feel called to it, but my sister always says it's like, you'll see one day, like, then, you know, like people will say like, you're going to change your mind and maybe I will, but I know that like, I don't feel any guilt or shame and I don't think anyone should of like not wanting to have kids. Cause I think women who don't for a long time still today are like, Ooh, like, you know, there's like that sentiment that can come up like of judgment and like, Oh, like she didn't find Mr. Right, you know, to be able to do that. And it's, um, and I think that's a conversation that like, needs to be talked about as well. Like not necessarily feeling like validated by like as a woman to like have mm. a kid, like you don't need to have a kid to be a woman, mm. you know, to be considered. It, it's just, valid. It's, it's sensitive. It's a, it's a loaded topic. And then once you have one kid, well, when are you going to have another? Yeah. Like Every, everyone, everything, everyone, like, leave women just, alone. <laughs> everyone just gets into everyone's business yeah. because people are also looking for topics of conversation. Yeah, yeah. And so we don't want these things to be taboo, yeah, sure. but you just have to approach them with sensitivity yeah and Just openness a, and, yeah. Like, and also like not like not judgment and like actually like asking questions to people that you know maybe not strangers also like you don't know what someone's going through like yeah. that time when I went to the dentist and <laughs> it just reminds me of like insensitive questions you know like I walk in and she's just like oh my god you're so skinny like are you okay what's wrong you know like that was your dentist that was like my dental assistant yeah. she, she approached it like that and I was like wow like what if I had an eating disorder what yeah. if I was depressed what if someone died in my family you don't yeah. you don't know what I've been yeah. going through and either way there's no there's no reason you don't know me there's no reason to comment on a, on a woman's body and it comes back you know. to what we were talking about in terms of what's visible yeah. and clear for you to see and and what's not and so people then take what they can see and make judgments yeah. on what they can't see and you are like well that you don't know what you can you see and you don't know where so it's really in the approach i think yeah and how you 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 like exactly have the intention you know? of where that person is asking yeah. from are they asking from a supportive place like or, that person wasn't like oh like what's up you know like you said that it was kind of like this place of judgment or yeah. maybe jealousy yeah. or something yeah um, so yeah, moral of the story is ride the wave, ride the wave. Yes, don't, the cycles, don't the tides, just ride, you know? ride it, embrace it. That's the thing about the moon, right? It affects the tides. It's mm -hmm. like the gravitational pull of the moon and it, and it ebbs and flows and like our bodies ebb and flow in our cycles. And it's just honoring that in ourselves and also being sensitive to other people going through their own cycles, you know? Thanks for tuning in, hanging out, and being part of this self-love journey with us. We're in this together. Self-compassion is a practice, but through embracing your whole self, you pave the way for so much growth. Using our voices and connecting through our stories empowers us and each other. Be part of the movement and spread the word by screenshotting this episode, sharing it on Instagram, and tagging at BedTalksThePodcast. You can also rate, subscribe, and leave us a review on iTunes. We love hearing from you. Bed Talks is a WRG media production recorded in the historic RCA building in St. Henry, Montreal. See you next time for more Bed Talks with your girls, Megan Sabrina.